I'm based in New Zealand, working with YWAM across the Pacific uh, Islands. But I was based in, in, in England and across Europe for the last 25 years. So my, my heart is still really in Europe and I still work with the ELLC website uh, with devotionals and, and teaching. So this is a topic uh, called contextualised hospitality. I love the topic of, of hospitality. I think I've been teaching it for quite a few years and there are different aspects of it that I feel strongly about, particularly for leaders. But contextualization is a big one. Uh, what do I mean by that? To contextualize something is to um, shape something to fit its cultural context, to adjust, to adapt so that it's uh, an appropriate uh, carrier an appropriate expression that people can relate to in their own language um, the bible sometimes references it as a wine skin that, that the gospel needs fresh wine skins cultural expressions languages um, and that they change all the time but the thing inside the wine skin stays the same good wine so we contextualize as missionaries when we go to another country we adapt to the culture and we use appropriate language and story and metaphor and even the things that we wear. That is what I mean by contextualising. So hospitality is the same kind of thing because if someone comes into your house, you don't know where they've come from. You don't know their cultural background. You, you don't know how they define and how they interpret their experiences. And so with hospitality, I, I believe we have to... Um, adapt how we might do certain ways of, of doing things so that so that whoever comes into our doors or our house they feel blessed they feel like they belong and you've spoken to them in their own love language that's another way to say it that this we all have different love language don't we and the, the, the trap with love language is that i might try to love my wife using a a, a kind of a language or behavior that that i would want to be loved with but actually she needs to be loved in her own love language and I need to adapt my ways of doing things so that she truly feels loved. Hospitality is like that. I'd like to tell you a story. So a number of years ago I, I went to a town in England called Winchester and if you're ever in England go visit Winchester. It's so beautiful. It's an ancient uh, monastic kind of town slash city on a river so beautiful, um, very unspoilt. And we walked along the river to a monastery. It's a very, very old monastery. I think it's something around the 1200s. And it was founded by Benedictine monks. And it still operates as a monastic hospital today. And that was really their focus, was creating a place for the sick, uh, free healthcare, if you like. And it still operates. It's like nearly a thousand years of operating as a, as a monastic hospital, which is extraordinary. They have a cafe there and a shop and we went into the shop and it's a normal kind of churchy type shop with crosses and ecclesiastical paraphernalia, um, church stuff and icons and crafts and organic biscuits. And so we go in there and my mate says to me, uh, go up to the counter, go up to that lady and say to her that you would like hospitality. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, honestly, go up to her and just say, hello, please, could I have hospitality? I said, I'm not doing that. That's, that's kind of weird. And he says, no, honestly, trust me, just go and ask her. Just, just say those words. 
So I said, okay. So I go up to the counter and I say, hello, I would like hospitality, please. Now I'm very aware when I do things like that or approach anybody actually with this face. And I was wearing a black leather jacket. So I, you know, even if I smile, it, it doesn't really help. So I'm, I'm always, you know, worrying how people will respond. So I say these words and she says, sure. She doesn't even batter an eyelid and she just goes straight down underneath the counter, behind the counter, and she's rustling around doing something. And I'm standing there thinking, okay, this is strange. About 30 seconds of banging and clattering. And then she comes up from underneath the counter with a goblet, a kind of monastic looking, really cool pottery goblet. And it's on a little tray and a piece of bread, nice big crusty piece of bread. And she hands it to me, she says, receive hospitality. And I take and I take it and and I look inside the glass and it's full to the brim of what? Well, it's beer. I'm like, I smell it, it's beer. It's, it's brown, dark brown English ale. And I look at the lady and I'm like, I I don't understand. Um how, how much is this? She says it's free. Enjoy hospitality. Now, I'm a good English boy and I don't need to be told twice. So I took my beer into the corner of the shop and I drank it and I'm like, I'm like a kid at Christmas or something, you know. Santa's just bought me the best present ever. So I'm drinking and eating my bread and I'm like, this is awesome. And 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 then I go back to the lady and my mate's laughing and I'm like, what what is this? Why what's the background? What's the story? And she says, Well, when the Benedictine monks first came here, they came from France, French monks. And their way of, of, of operating as monks was a value of hospitality that anybody that came through the doors and asked for hospitality were given a goblet of red wine uh, and some bread. And that was the French way. And they made their own wine on site. And anybody that came, no matter who they were, whatever their background, no questions asked, were offered wine and bread. That's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, and that was part of their way of expressing the gospel and loving the stranger, which the Bible tells us to do. But they got to England and they, you know, they set up the monastery, they did the same thing. It's, that's how they do things. They started making wine and um, English travellers would come to the, to the monastery and and they would receive hospitality and the monks would give them the, bread, the, the wine and the bread. And these English travellers would go, oh, you don't have any beer, do you? Which I still think is really funny. Even a thousand years ago, the French and the English were missing each other. And uh, <laughs> you can imagine a French monk being like, oh, what do you mean beer? Oh, you know, God, that's so, uh, you know, oh, wine is so much more sophisticated. And, and the English being like, I'd just rather have a beer, please. And the French monks were faced with a challenge at that point. What do we do? Do we take offence? Do we try and force our culture on them? Or do we force, no, you must drink wine. We need to educate you. No, actually, they humbly thought, we're not here to, to force ourselves on people. We're here to bless and to love and to welcome the stranger. So they, their response was they started brewing beer. And from that point on, anyone that came into the into the monastery um, gates were welcomed with 
monastically brewed dark English beer. And they've been given free beer and bread to every new stranger that comes through their gates for a thousand years, which is extraordinary. And I just thought, oh, that's so beautiful. God bless those monks. But how cool that, that for that length of time, that whole idea of this is contextualized hospitality at its greatest. They've been offering that to, to anyone that came through the doors and, and the English felt loved as a result of it. They felt welcomed, you know, particularly as a foreigner saying, look, I, I see you, I see what's important to you and, and I welcome you in this place. I've thought about it a lot and I realised that you know, for, for many of us, we, we, even if you like hospitality, we have an idea of it in our head. So when people come to our houses for dinner or whatever it might look like, we do it in the way that we, that we know, either that we've been taught or that we think is important. And often it's defined on our own framework of, of interpretation. And it's a bit like the love language, isn't it? You know, I, I, I might love my wife in a certain way, but I'm, I'm often doing it in the way that I want to be loved. When, when I, what I really need to learn as a husband is to love her in the way that she needs to be loved. And it's usually a different language. And hospitality is the same. It's that sort of adapting the love language. But it's a cultural framework as well, whether it's the type of food. And when people come to my house, I, I like to ask them before they've come, what's your favourite food? What do you love? You know, I'll cook you what you love. You know, that's important to me. So I want you to think about what type of glass, and think of it as a metaphor of contextualization, or it's a wineskin if you like. What kind of glass do you use? And how um, flexible are you in changing the types of glass or, or, the, or what you put in the glass for the different peoples that come in through your door? Because one size does not fit all with hospitality. And each of us are blessed and and define belonging and an unconditional acceptance in different ways. Now, I'm an Englishman, so if, if I come into your home and you offer me a beer, and it's my favourite beer, I'm going to instantly go, oh, you know, you, you know me, you, you've not passed any judgement on me, and you've sought to understand what I like, I would just feel loved, and within minutes I'd be like, what, really? Like, I would relax. I would kind of be able to feel that I could put my slippers on. I would feel that I was safe in that space because you'd taken the time to, to, to speak to me in my own hospitality language. And, and this is a big challenge for us in the way that we define a community, define church, not just in our own homes, but hospitality is far reaching. So what kind of glass do you use? Now, this is the monastic glass, or it's the picture of the French adapting to the English. But we could pick another glass. This is my Viking beer mug. Oh, it's, you know, originally it would have been mead. And, uh, you know, if you offered beer or mead to a Viking in anything other than one of these, they'd be offended. So the metaphor kind of bends itself. It's just a receptacle, but it changes depending on the person. Here's an old English one. I love this one. This is my special pewter mug, and um, it's from the mid, from the middle medieval period, I suppose, in England. Uh, but it went on. Well, still pubs that serve these, 
my local pub where I grew up, these would hang on the ceiling. Loads and loads of them hanging on hooks. And if your local was like that place where you felt it was like your third home. And you'd go in there and the barman knew you and he would take your special mug, he would, he would take it, he would fill it with your favourite beer and it would be on the counter before you'd even got there. That's belonging, isn't it? That's a sense, that's welcome, because I'm like, this is my place. This is, I feel known here. Another one is this, this is, a, this is a Northern English beer glass. Now, hey, I, I appreciate you might have a religious sensibility about alcohol or, or some kind of church background. Uh, we're all different, okay? Don't, don't, don't judge me on it. Um, I don't believe in getting drunk, but I do like my beer. And this is a northern glass, okay? So, you know, if you went into the north of England and you got beer in anything other than one of these, they'd be offended and they'd feel like it was alien. So what kind of glass are you using? Which one is more appropriate for the person coming into your house? Are you willing to, and, and humble enough to change, to adapt your wineskin, your love language, to contextualize, um, so that the stranger feels truly loved and welcomed in your space. You might need to change the ways that you do things. And that might be hard for you, actually, in some cases. But it's important if the principle of hospitality is to be upheld, that we welcome the stranger, that they feel loved, that they feel a sense of belonging, that they feel safe to be themselves, unconditionally accepted. That's really what hospitality is about. And it's at the heart of mission. So the way that we define church and community and outreach and all of that actually is tied to contextualised hospitality. Because whether it's Germans or French or English or Albanians or Ukrainians or South Americans or Chinese, it's going to be different every single time. So hopefully that's um, something for you to think about and chew over um, and um, think about which glass you're using. Think about how you might need to adjust your love language. Um, and uh, yeah, keep being hospitable. Bless you. Hope to see you again.